Welcome to another excellent show of Sports Matters. I am your host, Kevin Drake, and your other host, Mr. Matt Burt Sports. How are you doing this morning? Can't complain. How are you, Kevin? Well, I'm doing just great. I imagine you enjoyed your Thanksgiving weekend up in North California. Yes, I did. I did. It was good. Good Thanksgiving meal cooked by uh, Mackenzie and Trisha. So they did an excellent job. I got to see both the grandmas several times. And uh, everything was good. What did they so. say about the show? <laughs> uh, same old, same old. You know, they love listening and they re- really appreciate them listening for sure. Absolutely. Well, I got a nice special treat. So I guess we'll start things off. There's a big event that happened this weekend, which we've been talking about for the last several weeks, was the retiring of Coach Scott Brooks' number 12 at the Bren Center. Ooh. You know, that's only the second jersey. So the first guy to ever get his jersey retired was Kevin McGee. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah. yeah. We couldn't think of him last week. It was one of those names. Like, I knew it was McGee, McGee. And Scott Brooks even says probably the best player to ever put on a uniform at UCI, which yeah. is saying something. We got a nice little interviews here. We actually got to talk to Scott Brooks before he went out to the half-court ceremony, so that was nice. Kevin Balsameyer was there from KUCI as well, and he led the interview, but then I got to chime in for a few questions. Oh, good. Yeah. It's so nice to see that this university recognizes their great students that have come through here and how he continues to do great things for this university. Uh, it took them long enough. He should have been been a while ago, but right, right. At least you get there, you know. Yeah, that's what matters. And he says it's surreal. I'll let you hear from him. I want to talk about the man of the hour on Saturday. You know, yeah. what a what a great experience for him. And I'm going to go ahead and play this interview. Hello, this is Kevin Bostomar with UCI Conversations. I'm here with NBA basketball head coach of the Washington Wizards and UCI alumni coach Scott Brooks. Scott attended UCI and played anteater basketball from 1985 to 1987. He went on to have a 10-year career as a player in the NBA and in 1994, he was on the NBA champion Houston Rockets. He coached the Oklahoma City Thunder from 2008 to 2015 and has been the head coach of the Washington Wizards since 2016. He was the NBA Coach of the Year in 2009-2010. And tonight, his Anteater number 12 jersey is being retired at halftime of the UCI versus Eastern Michigan basketball game. Welcome, Coach Brooks. How are you tonight? Uh, great. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's uh, it's an honor. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm humbled by it. It's, uh, I have so much gratitude for all the people that have helped me to get to this position. I love this school. This university has been great uh, to me. I would never be in the position I am in if it wasn't for UC Irvine. And I am thankful for the people and the friends that are here to support tonight and many, many nights for the UCI athletics. Fantastic. Coach, when you think back upon on your time here at UCI, are there things that you can recall that, you know, I learned this here? I, are there any things in particular that are in your mind? Uh, I always go back and just the friendships, how important they are. When you go through life, you go through many different phases of life, but you always go back to the friends that you made along the way. And I have some of the, my best friends in the world these few years at UC Irvine back in the mid-80s. And Coach Mulligan, many lessons I've learned from him, how to play, how to play the game, how to think the game, how to play fast and offensive-minded and, and play with a toughness, play with a bravado. He was a feisty little Irishman that came to work every day, and he, he made us play, he motivated us. So many lessons, and I'm thankful for all of them. 
Now you were not drafted initially into the NBA. What was that? Was that a you know was that just a hurdle for another hurdle, or were you a little worried at that point, or what were your thoughts? Yeah, I mean it definitely was a little uh, bump in the road, but it was just it was uh, it made me slow down a little bit. It didn't stop me. Uh, but I, I love the opportunity that Irvine gave me. It, it, it helped me be an NBA player, how we played. And I wasn't drafted, but that doesn't mean anything. You get, if you're not drafted, you get to pick the team that you want to try out for. I didn't make it the first year. I made it the second year. Uh, but it, it taught me resolve. It taught me playing with toughness. It taught me to never give up. Uh, a lot of the people, a lot of the teammates and coaches along the way it's helped me help me have that mentality but it's like it's I wouldn't be in the NBA or wouldn't have played in the NBA as a player or as a coach if it wasn't for UCI sports did you always think about coaching was that always in the back of your mind later on after your playing career was over yeah I I love the game I love the game I'm passionate it's a beautiful game when it's played the right way you got five guys you have to get them to be on the same page and think alike and play off of one another like playing uh, both ends of the floor. So I wanted to know. I know after my playing career, I didn't think I was going to play as long as I did. I was thankful for it, but I knew I wanted to stay in the game, and and I like to stay in it forever. I'm, I've been in it now as almost as almost 20 years as a coach, and I feel you feel young being around all the great athletes, and they they inspire you and they keep you young. They keep you motivated. And they challenge you. You have to adapt. There's different styles, different players that you have to uh, realize that they are their strengths are important and but it's I want to be in the game forever what are some of the challenges now you know I know you coached Oklahoma City, <coughs> Oklahoma City Thunder you both have been to a championship contender but what are the challenges now in today's NBA especially you know building the team that you have now with the Washington Wizards yeah a lot of the same challenges the, you know we have 10 new players uh a lot of them are young we have a lot of players that never played in the NBA or very few that played a few minutes in the NBA last year Uh, so the challenges are you have to develop them you have to teach them how to be a pro uh, and it's uh, you have to be very very patient uh, because they're going to make mistakes and but you got to understand that you they have to learn from them and hopefully get better from them but you got to encourage them and and work them every day you want to have a I always tell them we want to win every day whether it's a practice or a game we want to win it and if you keep piling up those wins you're going to get pretty good as a team. It's a fun question for you. You opened this arena and you scored a career high, which is still the career high here for a point guard. Yes. 47 points or for any player in this building. Do you get any flashbacks from that when you're in this building? I always think about it because that was the opening night, and it was exciting because we were waiting for this night to come. You know, it's, it was mid-January, early January, so it was like we were waiting. Anticipation was killing all of us. We were <laughs> excited, and the opening night, they sold out the place. Students were going nuts. Uh, the community was backing us in the style of play we had. We wanted to score 120 points every night, and Coach Mullen, that was his style, and and I had a great game, and my teammates kept passing it to me, and I wasn't going to pass up a shot. I wanted to shoot more, and it was fun. I love it. I, I come here every time. I always think of I always think of that game. Uh, that's a great memory to have, always. Yes. Do you feel like the NBA players today, in terms of coaching, is it different from when you were? playing is there a different mentality is it the same what do you think coach I I think it's it's different because the game has changed it's not like there's not a lot of bigs that have the back to the basket so in the three-point line I mean it's funny that in 1994 when we won the championship we led the NBA in three-point attempts I think it was like 18 a game and everybody thought that you guys were gunners you shoot too many threes 
James Harden averages 15 himself, wow. and they, they're, as a team, they average 45. And so that's how much the game has changed, the, the power of the three-point line. So, but I love to adapt. I love to adapt with the game. And it, I wish I was playing in the game right now because I was a good shooter. <laughs> but every time I took a long shot, they were like, why are we taking long shots? We have a Kimolaj one in there, which made a lot of sense. But three points is worth more than two, and that's, oh, what, that's the mentality yeah. of, it, of it is right now. Right, right. You know, th- this team kind of reminds me a little bit of your Washington Wizards is that Coach Russell Turner has nine freshmen that just, uh, yes. you know, coming in. So there's only six veterans total. Does he ever seek to you for some motivation or advice, or, or do you keep in touch with him? Yes, I. We text, we we talk. We in the summer times we play golf together. I got a lot of respect for him. I like he. I like how he coaches. I like the. He's demanding, but he's fair, uh, and he's teaching them the right way. And he's bringing in high character student athletes, and and he's not he's not missing out on that. I and I love the fact that he's doing it the right way. Um, I know he has a, a challenge ahead of him this year. They had a most incredible year last year, second round in the, in the tournament. They scared Oregon, uh, but it was a, it was um, it's fun to see. And I, I have a lot of respect for him. I love the way he coaches. Along those lines, coach, do you remember where you were last year watching the uh, NCAA tournament win that they had? Yes, I was. I think I was in uh, one of the hotel rooms on on our road trip, and I. I was nervous going into the into the into the game because we have a lot. You know, we have a lot of high-level players on our team that been uh, played on some really good programs, and they've been trash talking me because Irvine. You know, they think don't think Irvine's ever going to win a tournament game. But you know, we got guys from Florida, guys from Kentucky, guys from Duke, and uh, all over the country. And so it was. I was proud. I was so proud. And I couldn't wait to get to practice the next the next uh, next morning and. Russell and I mean I, I I said would you guys I don't know if you guys know this but we we're in the second <laughs> round and, and I forgot who I told uh, you guys lost right and I said I didn't really realize I don't know the score but I knew the score I said did you guys win last night and so it's just my way because it's I'm proud I'm proud of this uh, or I'm proud of this university and and what Russell has done. Well, this year, the university is really proud of you of all the things that you do with your annual golf tournaments and and you know providing you know scholarships for sports athletes. You know that that's great. I'm so glad that they're recognizing you tonight. And how special does that mean to you and your family? Uh, I mean, I, it's not something going into my college career thinking that it would ever happen. And it hasn't really. I haven't really thought about it much since then. Until they, they approached me a couple of three or four months ago, and they told me that. And now, it gave me a lot of time to reflect. And, and you just like, wow. There's so many people that put me in this position, and I'm so thankful for. I'm a blessed person to be around all all the great mentors and coaches and family members. And and but it's it's my kids, and it's going to be so cool to see. Uh, my jersey up there next to the greatest anteater of all time, Kevin McGee. He's uh, played many, many, many summer pickup games with him. That guy was a beast, and he would have been a dominant player in the NBA if you'd have chose that route. Coach, do, do you have any advice? You know, being now decades removed from UCI, advice for your younger self, advice for college students, college athletes today. Any any thoughts on that? Well, I always tell people, I, I, like, my advice, that which I can't, like, they can never have is have a mom like I had. And, you know, she taught me so many important lessons. And have a high school coach like I had. He, he charted a, a map, and I followed it. And I, he gave me a great blueprint on how to be successful as a, as a human being, as a person, as a player. 
but I think with the, today's uh, players, when I talk to them, I just tell them that you're in charge of your life journey. Uh, every decision you make, it's going to impact where you go, you know, the next day. And, and take advantage of each day because if you, you pile up those good days, man, all of a sudden the end of the year, you're in places you didn't think you could ever get to. Well, that was the man of the hour, Coach Scott Brooks, from Saturday night's game this past November 30th where UCI took on Eastern Michigan. And at halftime, they did the uh, jersey celebration. I actually put the little video, the countdown, 54321 on my social media. So I got to find a way to get it on acre.fm if I could put videos on there. But regardless, I'll put another link in we'll so figure, you can see we'll that. We'll figure that out. Yeah. And no, good job to one of our partners here at KCI, Kevin Balsameyer. Did a great job running the, uh, the interview there. And that was just a cool experience just to finally see Scott Brooks get recognized here. Like you said, it took long enough, but, you know, it happened and we're so grateful. So now you got two jerseys up in the rafters. And you look on the left side. You'll see two NCAA berths. Yeah. So hopefully Coach Turner can keep that going this year. So the game on Saturday night, what a game. First of all, when I first saw Eastern Michigan, it reminded me of, uh, was it Utah State, remember? Oh. Yeah, they were big. They were tall. They had a seven-foot center, though Brad Green's seven-foot, too. Brad Green looks great, by the way. Eastern Michigan actually played a 2-3 zone, so they were kind of taking away the inside game because we did get some good early buckets early on with Brad Green, Tommy Rutherford, you know, getting some good shots down. Down low, Colin Velp. Actually, Colin Velp started from outside. Started yeah. off two for four from three, and then he made his last two threes going into the half, and they went up 33 to 27. Then in the second half, Eastern Michigan made a nice run where they were down by one. So it was 35 34. So then it was kind of like just a tight game for a few minutes until Mr. Colin Velp just started to go off. Every shot that he took in the second half, he made. Yeah. He was eight for eight. Three from three from long distance. But he was doing everything else. Uh, he still had four assists because in that 3-2 zone, he was getting the ball in the high post and then setting up his other teammates. I mean, he just does everything. And he rebounds. He had two steals. He had a block shot. I mean, it was just a career-high game for him. And it's only a, like the beginning of what we're going to see with him and this team. So this team's really coming together. Five and four right now. Next week, you got a big game on Saturday. Hopefully you can make it as, uh, against Cal Baptist. Baptist. Should be able to. Yeah, that's a that's a tough game, right, for our ant eaters. Well, it's it's a young team, and it's good to see Colin Velp, who is one of those guys that would played minutes as a freshman, having success. Um, we always knew he was a great shooter, so I'm glad he's able to shoot it. He just has well, a high basketball IQ. Yeah, he, he really does. does. He really does. That was an excellent job on the defensive end by him as well. And I just think that this team is really young, but really going to move forward in the positive direction. I think this program is starting to do all the right things. It took them this long to honor a guy that was in the NBA. Other places, you know, they're in the rafters as soon as they get to the NBA. So I think it's really good that that's happening now and that they're starting to make the right strides in terms of getting to the NCAA tournament, like building off of the success that they've had of this past season is pretty crucial for this program and i think they will do it but it once again it's like you're never going to see the season be won in the off conference the non-conference schedule you're right. never going to see that so and the coaches re- really challenge him so i do have a couple quick little interviews you know after the game colin velp's career high game and coach turner so i will turn that back over to that 
Obviously, uh, you were feeling it from behind the arc tonight. How, I mean, first of all, how did you find your shots tonight? I mean, uh, just, okay, I'll credit uh, to my uh, teammates and the coaches, and they were all just uh, setting up all my shots, um, and it just, you know, tonight, it, it just uh, seemed uh, uh, to fall. And then, I mean, when you're in the zone like that, when you're feeling it, does the does the game come differently? I mean, was it like slowing down for you or? Yeah, in a way, yeah. I mean, it it uh, seemed like uh, the hoop was a bigger. Absolutely. Was there one particular play that that actually sparked this run that uh, that you went on? <laughs> I would say probably after my uh, my third. Uh, okay, uh, three. I was uh, just like locked in. Yeah, exactly. In zone. Exactly. Nice. Yeah. I wanted to ask you too, because I know you're a part of a, a great run by this team last year, which you were a huge part, especially in the NCAA tournament. Never got to talk to you after that. By the way, congratulations on that. But what are the differences, you know, from last year's team to this year's team, where now you're a sophomore, but you got nine freshmen coming in, so they're they, they kind of look up to you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, oh, like. Okay, so we graduated uh, uh, some uh, uh, key pieces uh, from our team, and and so and so these uh, younger guys they have to uh, step up and fill into those uh, roles, and I think uh, uh, so far uh, they have done a, a a great job. Oh, absolutely! Yeah. Especially with you taking them under your wing, it's just this team has a lot of growing. But I mean, you're at the tip of the iceberg of what you could become. How excited are you for the? going through this season yeah well it's awesome and and i hope uh, that and i hope our team uh, can uh, continue our uh, success yeah kind of grow and right right exactly um tonight's game obviously you know they play that two three zone in all their games and coming in you were the key piece in that high post and i think you had like four assists as well um coming into the game like what did you see your role being as a high post guy uh, to be a, a play a creator and to just uh, score if I had to. And to close, yeah, thank you. Just just an awesome job out there. But it's also your defense, too. You, you play great defense. I saw you, you, know, you know, snatch a block, and next thing you know, you're laying in on the other end. So you just keep up that good effort. Yeah. Appreciate you guys. We appreciate you. First of all, the Scott Brooks retirement, I mean, he said he keeps in pretty constant contact with you, but uh, what is that relationship like for this program? Well, it's it's special because Scott is you know so accomplished as both a player and now as a coach, um, as an NBA figure and personality. But there's no greater there's no guy with a greater pride in being from UC Irvine than Scott Brooks, and sometimes it feels like um, there's not enough of that type of pride, mm. you know. So to honor him as a leader in that area. Uh, to honor him tonight the way we did and for him to be a leader in that area is especially special for all Irvine fans, I think. Um, so I'm really excited to be a part of it because I know how much it means as a player to have your jersey retired, um, to, to feel like there's a place where you belong and that you're remembered and that, and that people care about you. And uh, that's, that's very much the way our program feels about Scott and our whole university, I think. And then, obviously, you knew coming into the game they were going to have that 2-3 zone. Uh, and I think yeah. I saw, yeah, 32 of 57 field goals were from three. Uh, I mean, was that part of the game plan, or is that just kind of how it played out? Well, I mean, if you've watched us closely, you know, we've been dominant in the interior. 
And uh, what they did was they took that away. Every time we got the ball near the paint, they swarmed with double teams within that zone. So we had to do what we did. You know, we don't come into a game um, with the expectation we're going to shoot 32 threes or is that what it was? Yeah. yeah 32 of them? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and even at halftime, I asked my coaches, I said, is that what we want to keep doing? But um, we shot good ones. And that's why we had a good percentage. We shot good ones. And we moved the ball to the next one, and it didn't feel like we were hurried in many of our shots. And on the few that we missed, we had good chances to rebound because our big guys were down there. So I thought we played a really efficient game. What sparked that big run halfway through the second half that you guys had? Well, what always seems to spark our runs is when we sustain defensive possessions. You know, in the first half, I felt like we fouled too much. You know, there were a number of defensive possessions in the first half where we almost got the stop, but we didn't come up with the loose ball or the long rebound or something. And so they were able to more to dictate the first half, I thought, by being in their press over and over again, the press in their zone. The second half, we got stops and we ran. And when we ran and moved the ball, the floor was spread. Um, zones are most vulnerable in transition. So the combination of our stops and our efficient choices on offense led to a run for us, but it's always usually about defense for us when it comes to runs. It was a special night for Colin Velt tonight. What did you think about his performance and how he affected the the outcome on both sides of the ball? Well, he was terrific. Um, 31 points you know, for a kid in his sophomore year is not a surprise to any of us at all because we know um, his ability on the offensive end. It's one of the tough things about playing zone. It's hard to keep track of a guy. Uh, and what I think that we did a good job of is uh, utilizing him in different spots on the floor tonight. And the credit to that goes to his teammates uh, because he scored all those points without taking any bad shots, I think. I mean, he scored 31 points on 14 <laughs> shots. Yeah. I mean, you know, so a lot of times you'll see a guy get rolling and he'll start trying to heat check with his shot selection. But Colin didn't do that. His teammates, you know, fed the hot man. Um, that was fun to watch. Now I noticed you got nine freshmen on this this new team, and I, I know I know it, college is always changing out, so it always makes your job so challenging. But what are the challenges of uh, you know getting the freshmen up to speed, and and how much have the veterans been helping them out? Well, we've got we've got nine freshmen on the roster, but two of them are red shirts, so we've got seven true new players, um, and that's a difficult thing to acclimate guys into a demanding program like ours, demanding in terms of what we do in basketball, but also on, on the academic side and the expectations for our guys' character. But I really am proud of the progress these freshmen have made to this point. It's not easy to perform in a program like ours, but we're getting some really strong performances from our freshman guys, and I think that uh, the more experience those guys get, the better they're going to be. Uh, the future remains bright, even after um, this great senior class that we have right now moves on. And then for this season, uh, I mean, a little bit of an inconsistent start. What does a game like tonight do against a good Eastern Michigan team going forward? Yeah, I mean, you know, we have been a little bit inconsistent, I guess. You know, I'd like to be better than 4-4, four and four, but I also know how good 4-4 four and four is um, coming into the night because we've been on the road and we played good teams um, and we played well. So we're making progress. And uh, as coaches, I think we see that more clearly maybe than the fans do. But we've got to continue to make progress. You know, we had one bad performance against Detroit. We were um, soft and entitled and complacent and uh, didn't perform. 
But in our other games, we've had stretches in all of them where we looked really good. Um, and getting to a point where we could have more consistency in those strong stretches is our challenge. And tonight, we really did that in the second half. Awesome. Well, tonight was a great way to cap off a, a wonderful Thanksgiving weekend. But thank you for the victory. Yeah. Well, we, you know, we, you know, it's a big night for our program, and our guys knew that we needed to perform. I thought we were shaky to close the first half, uh, but our guys responded with some uh, maturity and some resilience in the second half, and we just wore them out. Um, so I'm pleased with that performance, and that sets sets up for us a big game here next Saturday. Um, and our next opportunity to play at home against a local, um, a, a strong local Division One team in Cal, in Cal Baptist. Yeah, that's a great game. But uh, thank you so much, Coach. Always appreciate it. Appreciate you being here. Awesome. Thanks, Coach. Thanks, Art. Thanks. You heard from Colin Velp and Coach Turter about last night's game, but also about the future of of this season is that they just got to continue to get better. They're five and four. So, you know, it's a good record. Obviously they would like to have a slightly better start. It's a good start. They build on that. It's like you said, Matt, they got these non-conference games, you know, they're going to play. There's going to be a few more little tournaments mixed in there. And then we know what's going to happen the first week of January, the big West conference game starts. And that's, what's most important. So hopefully by then you you build up, this camaraderie and and these guys continue to get better and be more consistent. But what I saw on the court Saturday, going up against a big team. I mean, they were a big team and they kind of dictated a little bit in the beginning of how they were going to defend UCI because UCI's offense. I mean, they like to throw the ball in the post and, and move the ball around. So there's yeah. a lot of it's a balanced. Well, you talked about them playing a two three zone. If you're playing a two three zone, you primarily want to try to get slashers into the middle and get good jump shots because that's where the holes of the zone are um but uh it, it just sounds like you have to shoot shoot really well in order to get past the two three they did and they did and colin velp was the one of the main reasons because of that you you don't score 31 points and win the game without that you know right so but evan um, leonard hit some timely threes too sure as did yasa work who hit yeah, some timely threes and contributes but that like if you're looking yeah. at it from the perspective of team basketball, the team shot really well. They did. From the f- when they were taking all these three-pointers, they weren't rushed or forced. They were taken in rhythm. John Edgar Jr. had some great shots on three. He made a couple of threes, but there was even one that he missed in a corner, but it, it was such a good shot. It was just slightly off. I mean, one little centimeter off, and it's kind of rimmed out, but it was such a great shot. You know, and that's what they were doing. They were taking really good quality shots because Eastern Michigan was was putting some defensive pressure on them, and they still found the open man, and the open man took the shot. So continue to do that to the UC Irvine men's basketball team. It's going to be a great season. Next Saturday is the next home game, December 7th, against Cal Baptist, 7 p.m. You definitely want to be there because the brand is a-rocking. Yeah, and you know, the team stats were really incredible for you. They held them under 60, which we, we know that's the magic number. And then they shot 43% from three and 50% overall for the game. So those numbers win you basketball games. Absolutely. And continue success for them. And, you know, hopefully you get, get to go to this game on Saturday. Matt and I, we're going to get to our power five. Yes, so. power five. <laughs> 
Oh, okay. Did number you, five. Did you turn the card on for that? New Orleans Saints. Only reason why I put the Saints at number five is that the 49ers have the same record as the Saints, but right now they own the tiebreaker because the 49ers lost to one AFC team and one NFC team where the Saints have lost twice in the NFC. 49ers are my number four. 49ers are very well balanced. Yes, they lost a tough one to Baltimore. They just dropped down one. New England is at number three. They're still defending Super Bowl champs, though the way they looked Sunday night, that probably they should be number four, but I still have them at number three, riding along that they're still the Patriots, and somehow they always find when things aren't going well in the regular season and people count them out, then they end up in the Super Bowl and winning. Number two, the Seattle Seahawks. They just looked really good last night. They've been playing such great football, but they've been a lot of close games. The thing is, they're winning those close games. They find ways to win games. And number one, obviously, Baltimore, Lamar, Jackson, Ravens. What's your top five? My top five is a tie. First time in the history at number five, there's a tie between the Chiefs and... The Buffalo Bills. The Bills. The Bills. They need to be in the Bills. spotlight. The Chiefs with a huge win over the Raiders now take sole control of that division and should be finding themselves in a playoff berth pretty soon. At number four, I will put the Seattle Seahawks. To your point, close games are finding a way to win. I don't know if that luck continues for them. I put the Seahawks at number four, but you know they still have a decent schedule at the end and they still have to play the Niners again and they yes. I don't know if I like them this week against the Rams because the Rams are desperate and the Rams are a good football team and they have revenge on their mind so I'm going to put the Seahawks at 4 they might not even be in it next week um I will put at number 3 the New England Patriots the Pats are number three this week after losing to the Texans at home. Two, I will go with the San Francisco 49ers, which leaves us at number one. You're Baltimore Ravens. Baltimore Ravens. Well, this concludes this episode of Sports Matters, and you'll be able to catch us on KUCI.org. Just click on the show schedules and then anchor.fm, Sports Matters, all Sports Matters.